financial advisor for reasons unknown. Ooh. The word you was not in the newspaper, of course, but was something Violet uttered herself as a way of saying she was too disgusted to read any further. If I invented something as sloppily as this newspaper writes its stories, she said, it would fall apart immediately. Violet, who at fourteen was the eldest Baudelaire child, was an excellent inventor and spent a great deal of time with her hair tied up in a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes as she thought of new mechanical devices. "'And if I read books as sloppily,' Klaus said, "'I wouldn't remember one single fact.' Klaus, the middle Baudelaire, had read more books than just about anyone his own age, which was almost thirteen. At many crucial moments his sisters had relied on him to remember a helpful fact from a book he had read years before." "'Cretchen,' Sonny said. Sonny, the youngest Baudelaire, was a baby scarcely larger than a watermelon. Like many infants, Sonny often said words that were difficult to understand, like, "'Cretchen,' which meant something along the lines of, "'And if I used my four big teeth to bite something as sloppily, I wouldn't even leave one toothmark.' Violet moved the paper closer to one of the reading lamps Mr. Poe had in his office, and began to count the errors that had appeared in the few sentences she had read. For one thing, she said, the quagmires aren't twins, they're triplets. The fact that their brother perished in the fire that killed their parents doesn't change their birth identity. Of course it doesn't, Klaus agreed, and they were kidnapped by Count Olaf, not Omar. It's difficult enough that Olaf is always in disguise, but now the newspaper has disguised his name, too. Esme, Sonny added, and her siblings nodded. The youngest Baudelaire was talking about the part of the article that mentioned Esme squalor. Esme and her husband, Jerome, had recently been the Baudelaire's guardians, and the children had seen with their own eyes that Esme had not been kidnapped by Count Olaf. Esme had secretly helped Olaf with his evil scheme and had escaped with him at the last minute. And for reasons unknown is the biggest mistake of all, Violet said glumly. The reasons aren't unknown. We know them. We know the reasons Esme, Count Olaf, and all of Olaf's associates have done so many terrible things. It's because they're terrible people. Violet put down the daily punctilio, looked around Mr. Poe's office, and joined her siblings in a sad, deep sigh. The Baudelaire orphans were sighing not only for the things they had read, but for the things they hadn't read. The article had not mentioned that both the Quagmires and the Baudelaires had lost their parents in terrible fires, and that both sets of parents had left enormous fortunes behind and that Count Olaf had cooked up all of his evil plans just to get a hold of these fortunes for himself. The newspaper had failed to note that the quagmire triplets had been kidnapped while trying to help the Baudelaires escape from Count Olaf's clutches, and that the Baudelaires had almost managed to rescue the quagmires, only to find them snatched away once more. The journalists who wrote the story had not included the fact that Duncan Quagmire— who was a journalist himself, and Isadora Quagmire, who was a poet, each kept a notebook with them wherever they went, and that in their notebooks they had written down a terrible secret they had discovered about Count Olaf. 
but that all the Baudelaire orphans knew of this secret were the initials V.F.D., and that Violet, Klaus, and Sonny were always thinking of these three letters and what ghastly thing they could stand for. But most of all, the Baudelaire orphans had read no word about the fact that the Quagmire triplets were good friends of theirs, and that the three siblings were very worried about the Quagmires, and that every night when they tried to go to sleep, their heads were filled with terrible images of what could be happening to their friends, who were practically the only happy thing in the Baudelaire's lives, since they received the news of the fire that killed their parents, and began the series of unfortunate events that seemed to follow them wherever they went. The article in the Daily Punctilio probably did not mention these details because the journalist who wrote the story did not know about them, or did not think they were important, but the Baudelaire's knew about them, and the three children sat together for a few moments and thought quietly about these very, very important details. A fit of coughing, coming from the doorway of the office, brought them out of their thoughts, and the Baudelaire's turned to see Mr. Poe coughing into a white handkerchief. Mr. Poe was a banker, who had been placed in charge of the orphan's care after the fire, and I'm sorry to say that he was extremely prone to error, a phrase which here means always had a cough and had placed the three Baudelaire children in an assortment of dangerous positions. The first guardian Mr. Poe found for the youngsters was Count Olaf himself, and the most recent guardian he had found for them was Esme Squalor, and in between he had placed the children in a variety of circumstances that turned out to be just as unpleasant. This morning they were supposed to learn about their new home, but so far all Mr. Poe had done was have several coughing fits and leave them alone with a poorly written newspaper. "'Good morning, children,' Mr. Poe said. "'I'm sorry I kept you waiting, but, but ever since... <coughs> "'But ever since I was promoted to vice-president in charge of orphan affairs, "'I've been very, very busy. "'Besides, finding you a new home has been something of a chore.' "'He walked over to his desk, which was covered in piles of papers, "'and sat down in a large chair.' I've put calls in to a variety of distant relatives, but they've heard about all the terrible things that tend to happen wherever you go. Understandably, they're too skittish about Count Olaf to, to, to agree to take care of you. Skittish means nervous, by the way. There's one more. One of the three telephones on Mr. Poe's desk interrupted him with a loud, ugly ring. Excuse me, the banker said to the children and began to speak into the receiver. Poe here. Okay. 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 I thought so. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Fagin. Mr. Poe hung up the phone and made a mark on one of the papers on his desk. That was a nineteenth cousin of yours, Mr. Poe said, and a last hope of mine. I thought I could persuade him to take you in just for a couple of months, but he refused. <laughs> Can't say I blame him. I'm concerned that your reputation as troublemakers is even ruining the reputation of my bank. But we're not troublemakers, Klaus said. Count Olaf is the troublemaker. Mr. Poe took the newspaper from the children and looked at it carefully. 
Well, I'm sure the story in the Daily Punctilio will help the authorities finally capture Olaf, and then your relatives will be less skittish. But the story is full of mistakes, Violet said. The authorities won't even know his real name. The newspaper calls him Omar. The story was a disappointment to me, too, Mr. Poe said. The journalist said that the paper would put a photograph of me next to the article with a caption about my promotion. I had my hair cut for it especially. It would have made my wife and sons very proud to see my name in the papers, so I understand why you're disappointed that the article is about the Quagmire twins instead of being about you. We don't care about having our names in the papers, Klaus said, and besides, the Quagmires are triplets, not twins. The death of their brother changes their birth identity, Mr. Poe explained sternly. But I don't have time to talk about this. We need to find... Another one of his phones rang, and Mr. Poe excused himself again. Poe here, he said into the receiver. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. I don't care. Goodbye. He hung up the phone and coughed into his white handkerchief before wiping his mouth and turning once more to the children. Well, that phone call solved all of your problems, he said simply. The Baudelaire's looked at one another. Had Count Olaf been arrested? Had the Quagmires been saved? Had someone invented a way to go back in time and rescue their parents from the terrible fire? How could all of their problems have been solved with one phone call to a banker? Pling, Sonny asked. Mr. Poe smiled. Have you ever heard the aphorism, he said, it takes a village to raise a child? The children looked at one another again, a little less hopeful.